You're listening to Grindhouse Courthouse. We put movies on trial to determine whether or not a film has committed too many movie misdemeanors to be considered viewable. Please rise for the Honorable Judge this episode. Welcome to Grindhouse Courthouse. Another week and another movie on trial. So let's begin. I, Adam, will be your judge for this week's episode, where we will discuss the 2003 futuristic action film Paycheck. With a budget of $61 million and a box office return of $117 million, Paycheck had a successful run but sits at a 6.3 on IMDb and a 45% on Rotten Tomatoes. Paycheck takes place in the distant future of 2004 and 2007, where evil tech corporations contract out jobs where competitors' projects are deconstructed and reverse-engineered. Once the engineer has completed their task and provided a much more superior prototype, their minds are wiped using some rubbish half-assed excuse at neuroscience. The movie was directed by a man who refused to read the source material and claimed that he didn't care for science fiction because he doesn't have the imagination for it. We've got John Woo! Woo! Hot off of Face Off, Mission Impossible 2, and Wind Talkers. <laughs> That's your favorite one right now. <laughs> Yeah. The star of Paycheck is a stillness smug douchebag phase Ben Affleck playing Michael Jennings, a cocky engineer who is so goddamn smart that he can reverse engineer any piece of technology, build a better prototype, and make any company that hires him billions of dollars. So think Facebook, but rather than a team of hundreds or thousands of engineers, it's just Ben Affleck giving you live audio room, a ripoff of Clubhouse, or reels, a ripoff of TikTok, or no-name dating app, a ripoff of Tinder. So all you need to know about him is that he's wicked smart. <laughs> wow. There we go. That was my Boston accent for you. I really hope that one, that one sold it. It was really good. <laughs> As the movie progresses, we see Ben Affleck have his memory wiped for a three-year job for an evil company called Alcom. But instead of being compensated, he is left with an envelope of sordid items, the FBI after him, and the struggle of trying to remember what he built. Today, we have Dylan and Dave acting as the defense team here to convince us that palmistry is in fact a legitimate type of science and that you can never have too many Mexican standoffs. On the opposing side, acting as the prosecutors, we have Tom and Matthew here to convince us that Hollywood should stop mining the poor corpse of Philip K. Dick since they've been doing it for the past two decades and the ROI has been abysmal. Please just let the poor man rest in peace. All right, the court is now in session and we will begin by hearing the opening statements from the defense. Take it away. Thank you, your holiness. What is the surest sign of a master director who is just at the pinnacle of his craft? The answer is, of course, making sure that every payoff in the movie has its appropriate setup. And John Woo ensures that every single scene in this movie is set up properly. <laughs> in a movie that deals with shooting a laser around the curvature of the universe to tell the future, it's amazing how relatable a character he developed in Michael Jennings. You know, an average reverse engineer who gets laser beam shot into his brain to forget things, and also the guy who shoots laser beams into his head is his uh, bow staff trainer in the ancient Japanese art of bojitsu. <laughs> Just the kind of life that we all live. Anyway, so if you like sci-fi, action, kind of spy movie, sci-fi, romance, Ben Affleck, this is the movie for you. Perfect. Thank you, defense team. We will now hand it over to the prosecution team. 
please, your opening statement. Did you prepare something for this? I've definitely 100% prepared. (laughs) (laughs) I sort of did, but... uh, (laughs) Paycheck is a film directed by John Woo, as we know. Plenty of movies have been directed by John Woo. All of them have been kind of rough around the edges. Uh, I think it's safe to say that a lot of his movies have some sort of core element that makes them interesting, like Nicolas Cage yelling and screaming in Face Off, or, you know, a bunch of slow-motion nonsense in Mission Impossible 2. Paycheck, however, is so bold as to do away with all of the things that make John Woo movies entertaining, and you're only left with just the bare minimums for what constitutes an exciting action film, an exciting spy film, an exciting, uh, an exciting film I- in general. There is a lot of pseudoscience. There's a lot of characters who do things that don't make sense. There's a lot of bad acting. There's some pretty bad choices around the music. It all adds up to a bad movie. And I wish I could say more about it, but I think we're ready to go to deliberation. So uh, if <laughs> oh, we want to get the, the judge to... <laughs> yeah, let's just skip the whole process and dive right into closing statements. No, thank you for that, both teams. We are going to go into our first scene, and we're going to pass that over to the defense. So please take it away. What scene would you like to discuss? So we're going to talk right after Benny Boy gets his memory wiped from his three-year job, and he is getting his package back. His paycheck, if you want to call it. No, you said package. We'll keep it with package. <laughs> you said package. Ben Affleck is getting a big old package in this first scene. Anyways, he's at the bank ready to collect his paycheck, his package, and the girl hands him over a brown envelope. And he opens it up, expecting his few items, few personal items, and a giant, giant paycheck. Instead, as he opens it, he's left with a random assortment of goodies. Pretty shitty goodies, but goodies nonetheless. <laughs> In this package, he's given cigarettes, a pair of glasses, a bus pass, a diamond ring, fortune cookie, a door key, hairspray, a lighter, paperclip, a matchbook, a motorcycle key, uh, a lens, an envelope with five stamps, an all-com pass, some ball bearings, an Allen key, a coin, <laughs> a crossword puzzle, and a sweet watch. Wow. Now, but what about his hundreds of millions of dollars? Well, Does yeah. he have that in there? Not yet. That's, that's the that's the the, uh, the catch. Ben's How many like, copies of what the fuck is this shit? And he's <laughs> legitimate ragey at this point because he wants his money, not this random bag of goodies. They're pretty sweet, but not not as good as money. And so the question is, what are these? And why did I leave these for myself? Or he actually doesn't know he left them for himself yet. He's like, what are these? Why are you giving me these? And the whole movie starts off with this big question. What's all this stuff for? And it's a big mystery. And so the stage is set for one of the greatest puzzles ever told. <laughs> oh my god. This movie this movie's just it is the worst combination of the born identity minority report and an episode of macgyver i have ever seen and we are all the dumber for having watched it i said i award it no points and may god have mercy on its soul yeah so for clarification he goes to the bank and he finds out that he himself had signed away all of his money and in and then he gets this package which at the beginning he did give up a bunch of personal items but they weren't these things. So he's like, these aren't even mine. These are for somebody else or something. So it's really mysterious why why he would be receiving them. What's mysterious is his response to it. Because most people would be like, oh, this seems to be pretty serious. Let's, you know, all take a breath and calm down and think about this rationally. 
Instead, what he does is he starts yelling and screaming at the poor girl in front of him. He's just going like, I'm just trying to do my job, Mr. Affleck. What's what's wrong? And he's like, this isn't my stuff. Where's my $90 million? And this is our hero. This is the guy that we relate with and want to see succeed. What's crazy, actually, is that woman is not actually an actress. That's Ben's assistant. And this was not scripted. This actually was just his reaction to somebody uh, not putting the right number of creamers in his Dunkin' fucking donuts. Um, and, um, John Woo just saw an opportunity and just filmed it. He just, he, I, yeah, he's, he's losing his mind so, and he's like, these are not my douchey sunglasses. I, I came in here with different douchey sunglasses. But on a, on a real note, are you saying you guys wouldn't be upset at this point? If this is what happened to you? Uh, not in the way that he was upset. Cause you just have to say like, oh, you know, I did all those things when I was under the influence of memory altering drugs. Uh, give me my ninety million dollars. That's what a normal person would. I don't know. I mean, I think I would have like a similar reaction. Like, what the fuck? Like, he only gets mad for about 20, 30 seconds. Then he like calms down and like starts to figure it out. But he doesn't. It's not like he's yelling and screaming at her constantly. He's going ballistic and he's trying to make her feel like shit. He's really <laughs> giving her the gears. Not. You like, are fuck you, lady. This is on you. And she's going like, please don't hit me. I've seen your bow staff skills. I've seen you work the triangle. <laughs> the triangle. You could kill the shit out of me. Yeah, so the triangle that Tom is referring to is the, uh, again, the bojitsu technique of training with your balding Paul Giamatti uh, brain laser guy. And what's great about this scene, so he it's, it's before he takes the main job. It's when he's still working, like, in a smaller company. He goes down to, like, the corporate gym, and the gym's got, like, a bench press. It's got, like, a pec fly machine. And then it also has the triangle for bow staff training. There's some kendo sticks on the wall, too, so obviously it can be multi-purpose. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Giamatti's just like, what's the best way to describe him? Like his hype man? <laughs> yeah. Kind of, yeah. Like they, they try and make it seem like he's the guy who like looks after his brain and does science. But really all he does is stand just outside of the triangle and yell things like go faster or wow. He's, 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 like, he's Benny's life coach. Stuff. He's a life coach. Yeah, he's like, like he's a part-time part yeah. neurosurgeon, part-time bow staff trader. Like... <laughs> He's a full out so life coach I, for me. I do have to remind you that this is set in the future of 2004, so that career option might be available for some individuals. But what I'm collecting from this scene is we have Ben Affleck put into basically an unknown situation. But before that, we've set up Ben Affleck's character as this genius kind of playboy character, physically fit. No, he's a relatable everyman Re because he likes baseball. Oh. He <laughs> loves it. Oh, he loves baseball. He can also like reverse engineer things and make them better than they started and build a machine that can look at your palm and tell the future. But he's just like a regular guy like you and me, you know? <laughs> like who hasn't just like gone after a day of work? You have your friends shooting lasers in your brain. You're like, let's go work the circle. Let's get in the triangle. Let's do it, right? We've all been there. We all yeah. know what that's like. We've all, we've all spent months filming a crappy Daredevil movie and then insisted in our next movie that we need to put some bow staff training at that one too. Wasn't Daredevil filmed after? I, I know, honestly maybe. think they might have been filmed at the same time. This, it might be, this, <laughs> this is this is an all-time run. Like this is one of the movies where I'm convinced that there is really a Hollywood lizard people conspiracy that is making sure that Ben Affleck has a successful career because he has like a run of absolute dog shit awful movies around this time. <laughs> there's this one. There's Daredevil, Jersey Girl. Uh, what else? Geely. This is like Benifer when he's when he's dating Jennifer Lopez. Like he's. He's in prime douche bro Ben Affleck phase, which I'm not sure if he actually has left that phase of his life yet, but 
I don't know but how we, we managed. I think he has. After watching The Town, I give Benny a good old thumbs up. But bringing it back to this film, we do see that carryover. We see Ben Affleck as Ben Affleck in this movie. You see that suave, charm, again, playboy-esque type of person carrying over yeah. as this main relatable human actor <laughs> that we are seeing. Yeah, I think we should spend some time and actually nail down what actually is his job. So he reverse engineers tech. So companies that are incapable of coming up with their own original idea, take somebody else's idea and then get him to reverse engineer it. And right. as a foolproof way of having a non-disclosure agreement, they wipe his brain after this. Right. Yeah. So yeah, he spends way. So he spent his whole career after every time he does a job, they wipe his brain. How does he learn anything? So he's essentially like a 22-year-old person that has just had all of the skills wiped away after every time he finishes a job. Exactly, and that explains his character. See, he he did his research he went <laughs> deep into the character development to understand what would happen with a character whose brain is wiped every like six months or so. So anytime he had personal growth, it would have been wiped. So all he knows is his bojutsu technique and how to reverse engineer everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, judge here uh just a quick question on this is it uh items memories related to the job that he's just done or is it that time duration that he's been working on it so it anything is that he's done it is that? incredibly unclear so at the first scene <laughs> because the first scene where he's he's in this device which i'll give them some monicum of credit that there are sort of devices that like will shoot beams into your brain to do like neurosurgery stuff it is not for deleting memories and frying individual neurons. Yet. But the scene is where he's in this machine, and I'm sure John Woo like said, so you're, you're getting your brain fried or whatever, Ben. This is how I want you to act. I want you to act like you just took a bite out of a raw lemon and a bunch of bees flew up your shirt. And that's, <laughs> that's your acting. Just go, ooh, 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 ooh. He's moving his there's, head around all over the place. There's a lot of uh, pretty intense close-up face acting that Ben Affleck does in this movie. Like when he learns that he's won $90 million and all he can do is just like roll his eyes and give a little <laughs> shitty half smile. But uh, sorry, please continue. Yes, yeah, please there, continue. There, there really is some capital A acting kind of from that Mark Wahlberg happening school of Boston mass hole acting. Like what? <laughs> no. Like there is that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, you mean the Wahlberg this. Academy? Yeah, it's very prestigious. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Located in Medford. Too bad it was actually the Dottie Wahlberg Academy. Yeah. Some of the finest, some of the finest Massachusetts actors have come through those those hallowed halls. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's unclear. Like, so he's getting his brain fried over, and Paul Giamatti, his part-time neurosurgeon buddy, is seeing his memories and then frying those specific neurons associated with that so he can see all these memories but they don't fry paul giamatti's memory so he remembers all this stuff he knows everything <laughs> <laughs> oh, doesn't so, everyone in the room but i guess they would thing? be like lawyers from the company there's a there's also another scene where one of the lawyers slept with ben affleck before his memory was going to be wiped and then they saw that memory of that scene and then all of her co-workers is like jesus janice what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to hand this over to the defense. That seems like a pretty, pretty important aspect, right? If you're wiping Ben Affleck's memory from doing a job for this company, but then everybody else that's in the procedure of wiping that memory now can see that and they have memories of it. That seems pretty they, faulty. Defense, how would you like can to approach? See it, but like if I show you a bunch of code, Adam, you wouldn't know shit. So same thing, right? Yeah. Adam doesn't know shit. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> My I point is like to think. they have no clue what they're seeing. And it's just like a like a wall of random shit, right? 
I, it, it's, well, except they saw Ben Affleck's penis go directly into her <laughs> vagina. So, like, but they that know has nothing that to do now. with the project. They saw all two and a half minutes HR of related shit that they can. Deal can you with. please delete this already? <laughs> just wait. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a little longer. I, I I guess that makes sense, right? These are it's yeah. out of their field, right? It's out of their profession. So yes, they wouldn't understand the material, so they wouldn't know how to pin it together. Also, they might not be seeing these memories in like a the proper order, yeah. right? So yeah. and this is, and that. this is something we'll have to come back to. But this is a movie by scientists for scientists. Mm. So. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Oh God, the we'll, first we'll thing, get like, to the I other mean, science part. I mean, and there's there's some biology in there because, like everybody knows, memories are stored in the neurons. So, quick science lesson here. So, when you create a new memory, you form a new neuron in your brain, and within that neuron, kind of like a Ziploc bag, memories are placed into it. Now, if you shoot <laughs> lasers at those individual Ziploc bags, those memories disappear. So. To eliminate an entire time frame, he has to shoot at, I'm changing my metaphor now. Actually, the, the Ziploc bags are time. So the, the memories are stored in the Ziploc bag. And it represents a time frame of many different kinds of memories. So what they're actually shooting is time. Now, hold, re remember this. Remember this. Laser time memory okay it's it's how john woo crafts this masterpiece it's going to become critical because much like memory memory is looking in the past you can shoot lasers around what what can you shoot lasers around uh, uh very produce? small rocks it's produce um, that's right the curved uh, the curvature of the universe coming back to see the future uh, Oh, right. Get it? Oh, I take it back. I'm switching sides. I'm pro paycheck. Now. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> what? <laughs> You're leaving. Judge, objection. Yeah. Um, I am confused by that statement. So I'm gonna bring it back to this this package delivery scene that Dave was describing, and he went through a laundry list of items. Can maybe we get into the significance of these items? Why are these important for our Benny boy? How is this going to start playing out for them? Because Dylan was saying in his opening statement, this is a lot of setup and a lot of payoffs. Yeah, a lot of setups and a lot of paychecks. Okay, <laughs> so the first, so we're not going to go through all the items again, but as they come up, we'll learn. This is how the plot moves forward. So the first thing, when he finally takes the package and accepts it, like, okay, I guess I need this because past me gave away all my money for some reason. And, and he finds out that he mailed himself this package. Uh, but he can't remember it anymore. The first thing we learn, we 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 get is what? Is it the bus pass or is it the? No, we learn that he gets captured by the FBI. Yeah, we learn that the FBI right had hired Alcon to build a device, and then that contract fell through, and the FBI is questioning Benny Boy of what they built. So and I think then... the first, yeah, the first item is a set of cigarettes. They're a pack of yeah. cigarettes. Okay, so I I we really have to talk about this scene. So he is in a room. He's locked in this thing, and the FBI has him on some other brain surgery device with the lasers and stuff, trying to read his memories. But they're all wiped. They're all gone. So, Except they're not, because they get some really cool, low-quality VHS rip <laughs> images out of his head. Apparently, memory science, like, you could shoot lasers at it, but then, like, the lasers leave a residual imprint of the memory, so you uh, can extract it. I it's pretty scientific. Point out yeah. the new memory wipe was not actually lasers. Yeah, okay, this is technique. So there might have been like not perfect. I think this is okay, this, this is, is wild, wild west. Remember in Wild Wild West yeah. when the dead guy they they shot the the 
Because when you died, the last thing you see is burned into your retina. <laughs> Same. <laughs> we all know that. We all know that. That's yeah. Good. We all took yeah, biology just, 1000. That's not in question here at all. <laughs> yeah, that's, we're not arguing that. Full yeah, I, I, I do have some questions because like they go through all this where they have the brain zapping stuff. This is how your memory is wiped. And then when he takes this three-year job, they come in there and Aaron Eckhart is the CEO who has like the haircut of a nine-year-old on, on his way to Sunday, Sunday school. Like, like it's parted <laughs> and plastered to his head. So you know he's evil. And his like seconded command, Comb Fior, comes up and he's like, I have a new way of wiping your memory. And he holds up the gun with, ha- with some like substance that he's going to inject in his arm. And I'm positive that it is the same prop that was used in Mission Impossible 2 to inject the Chimera stuff. Oh my it's God. Got, it's got to be that. that it it has to be the same one. Do you really think John Woo would just reuse stuff because he's lazy and incompetent director? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. No, 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 no. He's telling us that. that this is in the same cinematic oh, universe. Yeah. Oh, the universe, of course. Wait, so he injects him with Chimera, and then he has exactly 20 hours to live before he turns into, I don't know, dust or goo or something. I don't know. I I couldn't pay attention to what you said, Matt, because I just am loving the concept of the universe right now. kind of fit maybe like face off and stuff okay but we're getting sidetracked we have to get to the the items we we have to get the items okay i just want to like so the the way that the memory wiping in this instance they're going to inject him with some isotopes that tag all of your memories and then later after the three years they inject him with some more isotopes and it wipes only those specific memories i guess no, he so injects why? with the Chimera there, no, 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 and no. then it eats all the memories. I don't, anyway, right that's there. fine. That's fine. So he's, <laughs> so he's in. Let's get back to the FBI. He's in the room no, with wait, the FBI. I, and okay, gonna, think of it like a Ziploc bag. Okay, so <laughs> all of, all of the memories that he has now, the the isotope goes into the bag. When he creates new bags with new memories in it, that's what they're going to shoot the lasers at, or however they did the exact technique. It's just a chemical marker. Oh, simple, just like yeah. That. So yeah, is it is it dangerous to have isotopes just hanging out in your bloodstream for years when nope. they're radioactive? No, nope. I don't know anything about no nope. radiation. It's good. So. It's good thing. It's good. Uh, I believe oh. Spider Man, you become super powerful. So yeah, makes you stronger. It can only be good. Only be good. yeah. That's it. Enhanced his bow staff, bow jitsu skills too. <laughs> just a side. Okay, so this seems or... important. But <laughs> moving on. Okay, he's captured oh. by the FBI. Yes. Okay, so he's captured by the FBI, and they're, they're questioning him. They're trying to find out all the information. that they, they get a little bit of information, but not really. And then one of the FBI agents looks at the cigarettes that they collected from Ben Affleck. This is evidence. And then the FBI agent holds it, and then he looks up at the ceiling and sees a smoke detector and proceeds to smoke and consume the evidence that he's just, just collected from, his, <laughs> from this guy right there. And then the whole room, for some reason, just is filled with smoke. Like, you can't see anything. The smoke alarm it's, is going well, off. The smoke alarm it's, sets that off, right? The smoke comes from it's there. It's the future. In the future, humans no longer require oxygen to breathe. And they can just shoot <laughs> out inert gases from the ceiling to put out fires, right? Right, okay, yeah. That's a thing? Future. Yeah, we killed Apparently. everybody in the room, but the fire's out, isn't it? <laughs> fire's gone. Right? <laughs> You never said anything about not suffocating everybody. But he, yeah, so somehow he can still breathe. And then he puts on the douche bro horsefly sunglasses that were in the bag, his manila envelope. And they allow him to see in the smoke. And no yeah. one else in the room can see. 
No. And by this this room is way too small for them to not be able. There are like five FBI agents in here. They can't see, but they could essentially just stick their arms out and just go, yeah, 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 and then just hit him <laughs> randomly. Well, they don't know what's hang. That's actually okay. standard. Their fellow FBI agents or Ben Affleck. I I don't know. It's and then so so he he escapes the room and it's just. Yeah, but before we move on, I should I should mention that sticking your arms out and going yeah 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 that's standard training at Quantico now. That's actually in smoke in smoke filled rooms. That's standard standard training. Watching this video, they needed to correct their wrongs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's a major gap in our training. Okay, so yeah, so there's the first two. Wow, pretty convenient. And by the way, the one cop who smoked that's he's the asshole who put Skynet into... Uh, He's Miles Bennett Dyson. Yeah. And then the other one's oh, Dexter really? from... <laughs> Dexter. <laughs> He's Dexter from Dexter. <laughs> okay, so we're seeing some benefit from these first couple of items. We have... Ben Affleck still not sure what's going on. It's still a mystery to him, but he's actually using these items to get out of these sticky situations. Uh, well, let me tell you all about sticky situations because the very next item that he uses is a diamond ring. And you think like, oh, he's got to sell it to get some quick cash or, oh, he's got to insert the diamond into the laser maybe to like do something with lasers because lasers are a big part of this movie. <laughs> no, it's even dumber than that. He had to take the ring out to look at it on a bus so that a street child would steal it from him so that he would then get off the bus trying to get the ring back and realize that he was at the bank where he got the items to begin with that's the entire purpose of that whole item was just so that he would get off a bus right and the bus pass go to was to get on that he already knew about that's the great part of it but he wouldn't have known these little items could be anything and ben saw the future so he knows exactly what he needs at the right time and it's us finding out what they're used for and it's like a little neat little thing. So can he... Now, why should I, as a viewer, care that some street kid is going to steal a ring at some point and get Ben Affleck off a bus? Isn't that, dare I say, boring? <laughs> I don't know, Tom. No, do you want the freaking world to blow up from nuclear annihilation? Then I think you should care a little bit about this diamond yeah. ring. Oh my god. Okay, so it seems like the... the stakes have escalated. So it, it sounds like it's the end of the world scenario, which we're... Very yep. familiar with with all of our action movies that we dive into. Yeah. Do we want to move into the second scene that we have? Okay. I, so I yeah. So that actually brings up a good point. My my wonderful brilliant co-counsel here about the nature of seeing the future and what are the stakes here? Because the way that this works is that there's a future version of Ben Affleck and he sees that this they're on a path toward destruction there's there's uh nuclear explosions and global pandemics and famine well should we introduce the the, the machine at this point if we're really going to go into it yeah okay yeah so okay so I, I'm, I'm about to get there <laughs> i'm about i'm about to get there so the way that this thing works is that he has a machine and it shoots lasers the lasers contain all of the human all the information about every event in the world essentially and these, they shoot, as, as the FBI agent explains, you take a laser, you shoot it from one thing, and it goes all the way around the apple and comes back from space, and then you can, bam, you can see the future. Yeah, the apple theory. The apple theory. So <laughs> the way that this is, I guess, since the laser takes some amount of time to travel from where you ejected it from Earth, and then it takes some time to loop around the universe, and then when it comes back, there is a previous version of you in the past that therefore can see the future that was contained in the information of those lasers. 
Is that correct? Yes, and also palm reading. Also, also <laughs> you need, and the way, to, uh, yeah, the way that you unlock access to this information that is specific to you, you put your palms on this thing, and it reads your lines of Saturn and your palmistry. Yeah, and curvature of the universe. Science. The universe is curved. So is this? I, I would also just like to really quickly point out that the only reason why we, the audience, is led to believe that Ben Affleck can build a machine like this is that he had a palmistry little infographic hand model in his apartment. So he can clearly tell you everything about time travel and reading the future. Anyway, sorry. Please yeah. small so details this is... that make a movie great, Tom. The small <laughs> detail. Yeah. one right there. <laughs> Here's here are some details. So is this at all plausible? Yes. Guys, I did some calculations. Oh my god. As the judge of this episode, can you please bring we have uh the prosecution team is displaying a piece of evidence. It is a piece of paper with some calculations on it. I think unverse? the universe is flat. There's an apple. <laughs> Um, and the conclusion is this movie is dumb. <laughs> so do this we is... want the prosecution team to go over this piece of evidence? I'll briefly explain it. So essentially, it has to go around the universe. So how big is the universe, you say? In fact, we, uh, we've learned from all of our observations that the size of the universe is 93 billion light years in diameter. So this laser has to go at the speed of light all the way around the universe. So the circumference of the universe is 300 billion light years. It has to come here and then it comes back to Earth. And I guess it hits, does it hit a lens and then has to go all the way back around to you? Or does it just go in one trip? I don't know what the... I, the lens is involved, but the, uh, the FBI agent who didn't know anything about the machine didn't specify where it was placed when he was explaining it to the audience. <laughs> so we can't know. Presumably it's in the same place where the laser was shot out. Maybe that would be a convenient spot to put it. But regardless, that means that the amount of time that the light has to take to go all the way around the circumference of the observable universe, at mm -hmm. least, is about 300 billion light years. I will remind you that the age of our sun will turn into a red giant and consume the entire Earth in five and a half billion years. So the <laughs> earliest point, <laughs> the Earth will be destroyed at the earliest point that any of this information could make its way back around to a past version of you. This is garbage. This right, is, so this is, this is why the conclusion is that this I'm movie gonna, is dumb. I'm ask Matt one question. <laughs> Matt, is the, is the universe continually expanding? That's, you're making, it you're is, making right? no, this hold, worse. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So, so like 20 years ago in 2000, our universe was like, what, 1 billion in diameter or something like that? Like, that's all. Like, not much. Tiny, tiny amount. Oh, so we will. The laser would have worked back then. We would only have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have to remind you. You fucking got us. You got us. It would have worked back then. Fuck. <laughs> the so universe would have been a lot smaller back then is what I'm trying to say. I don't know the, the exact numbers. I don't have pencil and paper in front of me. It was a different time. This is a bold. In front of me. Your Honor, I'd like to submit my own calculations to the court, oh, okay. if I may. Sorry. The defense has now some calculations, <laughs> and I will describe this to the audience since they cannot see this piece of paper. We have a stickman of Dylan with multiple biceps, it looks like, <laughs> stepping on Matt, and I think there was a crucifix stabbed through him. <laughs> That's a dagger, Your Honor. Oh, sorry. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying. Uh, so 
I am very happy that both parties are actually contributing evidence to this meeting and they are putting in the time and the effort to roll up these theories, calculations, uh, Objection. The, the defense's evidence is just a threat towards me. <laughs> but they put in the time, Matthew, and that's what counts here at Grindhouse Courthouse. Your Honor, much like much like uh, Ben Affleck is able to see in the near future, so am I. That's not a threat. That's just future reality, Matt. If you continue to put your faith in science rather than Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. God, indeed. So uh, I feel we've uh, slipped away on a side tangent, but now we actually understand what this machine is capable of, what Ben Affleck has been doing for the past three years. This, this very talented man, this reverse engineer, has been building a machine to see the future. Read or your palms. Read your, read your palms. Yes, read your palms Thank to you. have some type of future sight. So what does he do with this information? Because it's clicking, right? It's, it's clearly clicking. He's understanding that these items have some type of significance. So who does he tell? What's his next play here? Yeah, so the first, the first point that he, he deciphers that he is actually seeing the future is that he's sitting at a bus stop with his neuroscientist, neurosurgeon. Oh, his first clue is to call his buddy. His life. Call, call his buddy is call his buddy Paul Giamatti, neurosurgeon <laughs> and personal bojitsu trainer. Who shows up with? Hey man, hey man, can you meet for uh, coffee and a soup at the old bus station? Oh hell yeah, <laughs> our usual table. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's nine p.m. Ben. <laughs> oh, I forgot that the choice also, is soup. I also just remember that Paul Giamatti, his facial hair changes in each scene that he's in, <laughs> so he's yeah. more balding in this. But his mutton, like his full beard, is gone, and he's just got these weird mutton chops. But please continue. He's also dre- he's also dressed like he just finished shooting a music video for the New Radicals. <laughs> <laughs> you get what you give, I guess. He's wearing he's wearing a bucket hat. And he sees on the TV in the bus station that they're announcing lottery numbers. And on this fortune cookie fortune that he has there, it's the exact same lottery numbers. So he just surmises right then that whoever sent in these items must have sent them from the future. (laughs) Can you say that again, please? Yeah, can you please say that one more time? (laughs) The future. (laughs) And therefore, all of these items, these innocuous items must be supremely important keys to my progress in my story like an old school point and click adventure game like he's uh i don't know he's like guybrush threepwood deciphering all of these uh stupid clues into how to progress <laughs> the rest of the game so it's about this point that the fbi not the fbi i guess it's goons from allcom like nook Fiore is there and they try to assassinate him because it's not enough to wipe his brain. You have to kill him, too. You couldn't have just done one or the other. Well, they want to kill him because the machine doesn't work, and they need him to fix it. That's no, why no, he has no. to die. <laughs> yeah, he has that's... to die because it's predicted that he would do something. That's why they wanted to kill him, and it's predicted he would die in the hands of the FBI. But that failed. So they went back to the machine, and they, then they realized it was broken. Just to clarify, Alcom, the evil corporation that got Ben Affleck to build this future-seeing machine, has a log or a record of the future saying that Ben Affleck is going to report them to the FBI and he's going to die so they're after him what uh can you please clarify that again I don't know what is predicted but it's predicted that he would do something and that he needed to die and it's predicted he would die in the FBI hand oh I thought he just I thought he just he is the only person who's seen anything no uh, I'll call him what's his name nine-year-old haircut boy he's also (laughs) seen the future two-face two-face 
he's also seen the future. And he, that's why he makes that statement about how he was supposed to die in the FBI's hands. That's what the machine predicted. Well, none of this understanding has made me like the movie more, so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm actually a bit more confused. I, I, I don't now, know if I'm just mismemoring the, the movie at this point, but I, I thought Alcom wanted to bring in Ben Affleck because the machine is broken. Ben Affleck has uploaded, and that's in quotations, a virus into this ma- machine. So yeah. there's an error. Uh, after could, the fact couldn't that they just advise the FBI thing and then he's like oh our prediction didn't happen the future that we saw didn't come to reality and he goes back down the machine and that's when he finds out the machine's broken couldn't they just code around the virus that he introduced no they they couldn't do that (laughs) that actually okay judge here again hey guys uh quick question (laughs) on this because doesn't it seem foolish for a company to just have one person working on a singular project this big uh, shouldn't he Have be... you seen how big his dick is? <laughs> Everybody loves him. I'm just he saying. walks in there. Uma Thurman's already like, let me press some buttons on my uh, weather control device to impress <laughs> you, Ben Affleck, with your big dick. They love him. <laughs> Everybody loves him. I'm just saying there should be some protocol in place where he's doing some type of documentation, passing it over to uh, a new hire or something. But then you have to wipe everyone's memory, Adam. That's too many memory wipes. It, well, we are in the future. That's it true. seems like this is just... They only had the one gun. Only the one gun. <laughs> Those isotopes are, are a, a finite resource. You can only use so many of them. <laughs> that's, that's what's finite in the future. But okay. needless to say, if this movie gets going and he starts to realize that his items he sent himself play an important role in him figuring out why he sent the items to himself. Okay, so he's now revealed. He's, he's with his buddy, Paul Giamatti. They're eating clam chowder at a subway. Uh, at mm-hmm. 9 p.m. at night, and he just revealed the fortune cookie, uh, revealing the lottery numbers 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. And we now have Alcom or the FBI agents coming after Ben Affleck. What's, what's next? How does how's Benny Boy get out of this scenario with his big brain and big dick? On I a think... motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> this is a John Woo movie, after all. There has to be a slow-motion motorcycle chase at some point. Yep, one of those keys. So first, the first key is to get Paul Giamatti. So they start shooting, right? He gives Paul Giamatti one key, and it's a key to a janitorial closet kind of special employees access only part of the i don't know if this is a train station bus station or whatever but anyway paul giamatti runs in there turns out the lights and we know only ben affleck can see in the dark so he gets away from the goons and paul giamatti <laughs> Sorry, because he's daredevil that's right because he's daredevil yeah. right yeah. Yeah. thank you okay so uses the key Paul Giamatti escapes, turns off the lights, so Ben Affleck can escape as well. Now, you're probably asking yourself, what were the hairspray and lighter for? I am, yes, thank you. (laughs) Face flamethrower. Flamethrower straight to the face, disarming one of the goons. Now, you may ask, why didn't he he just give himself a gun? Because (laughs) non-lethal. He only maims people. He doesn't kill them. I'm not sure you can mail a gun to yourself either in that situation. I'm pretty sure Alcom or Alcom would have stopped that package pretty quick. <laughs> I think Alcom's up to some pretty shady shit. I don't know if they'd notice or even care if they did see it. This is a company that assassinates its employees. Not even its employees, its contractors, <laughs> who they've memory wiped. Right. Yeah, they don't That's even... stronger than an NDA. <laughs> they don't even have to pay his pension. <laughs> this is so... a machine that can like rule the world, so I think it'd be worth it. No, all this machine does is make Ben Affleck a millionaire and lead to nuclear holocaust. It does two things. That's it. That's all it does. <laughs> it's just for Ben. If anyone else put their hands on it, it could be a completely different future, Tom. But one thing well, we're missing here... The person's palm that puts it on. 
one thing we're missing here is Ben Affleck decides to double cross Alcom well before he ever gets his memory wiped because he starts canoodling with Uma Thurman, tells her like, I'm not going to go through with this. I'm not going to do this because he's seen what the machine will ultimately cause in the world, which is its annihilation. So for me, I think that's why Alcom is after him because he's already done these things. Like he's he's already sabotaged the machine. He's already done all this other stuff. So they're, they're after him for that reason, right? You know what I love in about a movie when there's a lot of character growth? And that if they show all of the character growth completely off screen, and so you never see any of this actually happen. <laughs> he's, he's a douche bro at the start of the thing, and then all of a sudden he's a hero. And all of this, grew, this growth happened in the future, which was shot in a laser beam around an apple, around the universe, mind you. And that's where we get to see that he's now a good guy. All good directors know that it's tell, don't show. <laughs> when George Lucas made the prequels and he just told us that Obi-Wan and Anakin were good friends, it's good filmmaking. A number one. Am I right, guys? Am I right? Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so you've actually listen. It takes a it's a masterful skill to to relegate character development off screen. That's a talent that he he has as a director. He needed to save space for more of his like John Woo signatures of like doves and Mexican standoffs, and standoffs. And slow motion motorcycles, and all that kind of stuff. All the fun entertaining stuff. Sure. So I don't know. I don't know if we want to. Go, we probably don't need to go through all of these items. Maybe we should skip forward to maybe the the motorcycle scene because I do want to mention this hilarious motorcycle scene. Sure. Where he's he's one of the items is a motorcycle key, and he's now at this point reunited with Uma Thurman, and they're escaping on the motorcycle, and they're in like an industrial warehouse yard with a bunch of uh, shipping containers and tubes and stuff. Yeah. How exciting and is that? You're on the, the edge of your seat right hazards. now. You're enjoying the microsite or the micro Microsoft. You enjoy the Microsoft scene, the motorcycle scene. Uh, sort of, the sort of. There's this this weird throwaway line where they're where they're on the same motorcycle, and Uma Thurman drops the envelope of all this stuff. And she goes, "Oh my God, I dropped the envelope!" And then he stops, and then she goes, "I'll go get it." And he says, "I'll go. Okay, I'll come back and get you." And then her response is just, "Okay, bye." And then she goes, See ya. <laughs> and then scurries off where she may be murdered. People are shooting guns at them right now. And she just goes back and grabs it. It's the weirdest. I'm, not, I'm sure that, like they probably should have done one more take of that. <laughs> just one more. I don't know. I know John Woo is like famous for doing just one takes and just like that's perfect. He probably should have done another one. Yeah. So that's the thing I, I wanted to bring up just because we are hinting at John Woo. And from what you guys are describing, there's a bunch of action. Uh, we have the subway scene with Ben Affleck escaping. We have this motorcycle uh, scene as well. Are you seeing the unique John Woo style of action being presented in Paycheck? Is it delivering uh, similar to Face Off or to Mission Impossible? Is it enhancing the movie, engaging the user or the viewer to actually pay attention and not just drown themselves out and not focus onto this. I wanted to drown myself out after watching these action sequences. I, uh, there's, there's not a lot there that makes it special. It's passable. You're never really confused as to what you're seeing. All the action is easy to follow, but that is the best thing that I could say about it. Uh, people make decisions that don't make any sense. Like that one henchman who decided that he could just fit down a tiny narrow diameter pipe in his car, even though you like clearly could not fit in there. This and the dude didn't hesitate. 60 miles per hour, just probably screaming like, yeah, I love my job, $40,000 a year to die for this asshole. And just right in there, kills himself. I, you know what? I take it back. It is, it's really good action. I, uh, 
<laughs> I loved it. Every second of it. Yeah, it is. It is hilarious. Yeah, it's only there's like a tube or something. The motorcycle goes down. And it's only big enough for the motorcycle. And the cop, the cop just plows through it anyway. <laughs> I'm going to go for it. <laughs> he just doesn't hesitate. And like everything else in this movie, nobody hesitates to stop and say, like, maybe we should just like let him try and get back on the road and then like run him off it because he's on a bike and we're in cars. But no, that's not. They're, they're hucking off little tiny piles of gravel. They're, they're fitting themselves inside pipes. Uh, the stakes are high and who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Uh, I know that everyone knows what I defense, mean. Defense, do you disagree with this? Do you think the action was justified? Did it enhance the movie? Yep. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> uh, so moving on to our third scene, <laughs> we're going to push forward because this is captivating. We have the prosecution team. They're going to open up with this third scene. Who would like to take it away? All right. So they get off the bike and then because they already built the set, they have to get back to the future machine for, you know, all of these people to come together. So uh, we're running out of items to use at this point. A coin was used to stop a train. No, paperclip. <laughs> coin is used in the door. <laughs> all right. Sorry. A paperclip is used to stop a train. A coin is used in the door coming up. Right. And so we're running out of items and if he yeah if he had used the vice versa that would have led to a global holocaust <laughs> yeah. Which clarify it seems very suspect because there's never like aha moments it's just his character going like was that what i was supposed to do and then continuing on it's it's really just like you, you never feel like he's ever ahead of the game even though like maybe you could send a note back to yourself in the past being like do these things and be here at this time but uh you know no sending sending out paper clips with the intention that like yeah you'll probably know to use it to stop a train that's going to kill you is is totally fine mm -hmm. but that's not what we're talking about what we're talking about is the final scene so him and Uma Thurman are, are basically thinking, we're just going to walk right in there to that place where we lived and worked for three straight years. <laughs> no one's going to recognize us. No one's going to stop us. But we're not going to be able to make it through the metal detectors. How are we going to do this? And Ben Affleck reaches all the way deep down into his sack and pulls out some ball bearings. <laughs> and then when they're just about to walk through, they throw the ball bearings through the metal detectors. And those guys lose their fucking minds they security go insane guards. i have never seen security guards just lose their shit like that they're looking in every direction except the people are that are i guess walking through they are not on top of it and that's why it's a bad movie because i've never seen security guards just lose it like that when the thing that's supposed to tell you when there's metal uh like uh, it detects it when it makes a noise Typically, that just means that there's someone with metal there. It's not that you have to start, like, shooting in every direction and <laughs> roughing up people and pushing up against the wall and screaming in their face. That's not what you do as a security Oh, guard. sorry, young but man. I just got my hip replacement last week. <laughs> Get the fuck on the ground, old woman. I will waste you. Get out of the ground. I'll blow your fucking head off. <laughs> So they managed to sneak in that way, but you know, it's, it doesn't really matter because they start using his security key, you know, the one that's coded to him that would alert anybody in the building that, Hey, this guy is trying to access things, but even that doesn't really matter to him. So they get in, they use the machine and Ben Affleck says, Oh, I must've, I put a bug on it. There's only one way to fix this. So he breaks out the crossword puzzle and slaps it on a, a, a piece of uh, electronics and then pulls a the thing off and then the machine works. Then you can put your palm on and have the laser shoot into it and tell you about the future. 
So he puts his palm on the machine and it starts telling him about the future. And he's like, oh, this machine, oh, it's got to go. So he takes a bullet and he puts it on a compressor because like the machine uses like four things of like liquid nitrogen to helium. Itself no, down. hydrogen. Look, hydrogen. Seeing into the future is tough. It's expensive. It generates a lot of heat. So <laughs> they, they, they put a bullet on and be like, I'm going to I'm going to destroy this machine. And then he runs off into Uma Thurman's place of business where she was, like, making plants grow or something. <laughs> it's really unclear what her job is. And then uh, it turns out there was an FBI guy who was in there that you don't see or know about until this time. And he's, like, making phone calls in the background being like, oh, FBI guys, you better get down here. That guy, that guy is back with his girlfriend. And then a bunch of security goons come in and they start shooting each other. Uh, there's a bit where a robot uh, hands him a stick so he can get into the triangle one last time to just fucking annihilate these security goods. Then uh, uh, there's a callback earlier in the movie that we don't need to talk about, but it's basically just he sees his own death uh, at the top of the catwalk where Uba Thurman works doing her plant stuff, which conveniently, I might add, is right across from the future division. Uh, the, the plant division and future site division work right next to each other for some reason. But anyways, that's not important. Part. Office space is so, limited in the future. <laughs> it, it is. For some reason, this this company that could literally print money, just, so, they can't quite get it together. Excuse me, Aaron Eckhart. What exactly does Allcom do? Well, we've developed a device that allows us to see the future and its predictive uh, capacity allows us to rule the world with an iron fist. Also, we have a unique variety of potato. <laughs> They're, they're expanding. They're an evil company, and they have the time to work on these things. Just like Aaron Eckhart has the time to get someone who looks like Uma Thurman and then like put a wig on her and then send her out to meet Ben Affleck when he doesn't know what she looks like, so he couldn't send anybody. <laughs> anyway, that's not important. What we're talking about is the ending of the film. So Ben Affleck gets up to the top of the catwalk where it's been prophesied that the door will open and he'll be shot. But it doesn't happen that way because Uma Thurman's like, oh, the power of love and like self-determination or whatever. And then the FBI guy who we talked about before, yes, that FBI guy making those phone calls shoots a bullet and then like kills another guy. This is pretty cool, right? But we're not done yet. So uh, um, the, the machine works now and Aaron Eckhart knows it, right? So he comes down from his CEO office to go to the machine to use it, to like look at it or whatever. Uh, or was it Comfior? Anyways, it doesn't matter. The point is the bullet hits the thing and the tank explodes. And then the movie's basically over. That's essentially the entire scene. Now, my question to my opponents is, did I get anything wrong? <laughs> Short answer is yes. Long answer is no. It's not, it's not what you said. It's the way you said it. <laughs> I've heard that before, but please, please. I mean, on your own time. Yeah, it just it all comes full circle, much like a laser beam shot around an apple. It comes full circle, <laughs> and it, just such a neat and tidy ending. All the objects have paid off. The allusions to crystal balls and palm reading make sense. It's just a tight package of a movie right here. Of, like I said, director at his best. Ben gets the girl, gets the cash. What more do you want from a movie? Oh, uh, how does he get the cash though? That's the one thing I left out. It's a lottery ticket. Oh, okay, great. There we go. Good. He hit a lottery <laughs> ticket in the bird gauge. Yeah. As one does. Underneath the poopy. Because that's what the fortune cookie said. It's like, if you don't look underneath the poopy, you won't be a millionaire. Yeah. It's a common <laughs> saying. We've all heard it. <laughs> I didn't like this movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, this movie was dumb. I want to just by the way, that's how bullets work, right? Like he zip ties a bullet to one of the like pistons or a compressor or something on this doer of gas, and it just kind of so, so I can so I'm and it like 
when the thing shoots out, it hits the back of the bullet, and then it shoots and explodes the, the, the gas. So am I to believe that I can just, like, hold a bullet in some tweezers and then, like, flick it with my fingernail, and that'll just <laughs> make be it... hard enough. The firing pin. Firing block, not firing pin. What you need to do is just slap the back of the bullet as hard as you can, and that will make it shoot out and explode the machine. That's science. Everybody knows that's how a bullet works, right? You know, you don't need, like, a tiny little object to strike it to hit the primer. That's not how it works. Yeah, like to... guns are redundant. Just bullets. That's all you need. <laughs> I like to see that we're getting caught up on, like, the small technical details, not the fact that they're sending information around the universe and back to them to see the future. I've, we've already established if that they, the Earth is going to blow up before that's then. That's the key argument in this debater now the uh, opposition is focusing on like the reality and like getting down the nitty-gritty instead of just stepping back and enjoying the movie magic about a magical machine that can predict <laughs> the future and going on a crazy fun ride and enjoying life for two hours your honor i think now this, i think everyone the opposition... that watched this movie loved it during That's the true. viewing i'm gonna the... say that right now and I... they can't say they yeah, didn't. i agree and I think, uh, Your Honor, I think the prosecution might have had their fun neurons lasered out of their brains because they can't <laughs> seem to enjoy the the finer things in life. If this movie can't even figure out how bullets work and are fired, I really don't expect much on the fronts of like time travel and uh, you know what is free will. Uh, none of that is explored well in this. Film. It's yeah. redefining. It's redefining it. how bullets work. It's redefining how the universe is shaped and how fast light speed is. I I've, I think we've... We're not in the universe. We're like, in the Wooniverse. Yeah. Come on, guys. I think much like Paycheck, uh, we, we can wrap this up now. We can put a bow on it. So I would like to thank both sides for presenting these three cases. We will jump into closing statements. Uh, defense, would you like to present your closing statement first to say why we should be watching Paycheck? Your lives depend on it. <laughs> Period. Don't know if that was a threat. <laughs> I was, was it a threat towards me specifically or just... <laughs> oh, uh, oh, it was towards you specifically. Yes. Oh, oh so Jesus. The defense team has brought back their piece of evidence of Dylan stepping on Matt and a dagger going through Matthew's heart. Okay, uh, we will pass it over to the prosecution for closing statements. <laughs> Do you have anything... Uh, left to say of why people should not watch Paycheck. Judge, objection, threats. Are we just going to let this happen? Are you just like... That's a closing statement. Let's move on. Yeah, this <laughs> is like a pretty easygoing, <laughs> easygoing session today. <laughs> we'll, we'll allow Your Honor, I'm afraid for... they are out there threatening our very lives. I'm afraid for my life. We are being hunted. <laughs> I want to survive this game, goddammit. Yes, but if you could, please, closing statement. Dylan's being a real pest. <laughs> here's 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 my closing statement. This movie is dumb. This is okay. <laughs> this is a podcast. This is a podcast. Yeah. See that? So Matthew has also presented their evidence of piece of paper of notes and formulas with the conclusion that this movie is dumb. Let's yeah. Let's let's take that. Let's let's take those as closing statements. Not yeah. the strongest, but I feel that you guys have been arguing for the past hour and you presented some solid cases for these scenes of why and why we should not watch. Oh wait, Your uh, Honor. I've got a closing statement. Yeah, why not? I'd just like to say that Ben Affleck is better when he has full creative control over a movie. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> That's what the problem with this was. That's the problem with this one. John Woo. The problem is Woo? Do you think every one of Ben Affleck's movie pitches start with, so there's this uh, fucking Red Sox fan anyway, and uh, he... Uh... <laughs> 
guaranteed. No <laughs> doubt in my mind. All he right. went up to John Woo and was like, could he, could he be a Red Sox fan? That's how I make things real. I, I make them about baseball. So yeah. I'm going to move into the deliberation stage and give my final thoughts of Paycheck based on the evidence that was presented today. This movie seems soulless. It doesn't feel like there's any creativity. It didn't seem like there's any effort put into creating this. It may have just been a passion project. Well, not even a passion project for Ben Affleck, but just something to do. And he really wanted to one-up his best buddy, Matt Damon, who just did The Born Identity a year before. So he's like, why not? And let's just put this into the future with a man that doesn't agree with sci-fi or futuristic states, John Woo. Uh, I, I don't think anybody should watch Paycheck. This movie, should it should stay in the past. It really, really is not worth anyone's time. So I'm going to close it there. That's my final, final deliberation. Paycheck, unwatchable. Don't waste your time. This concludes another episode of Grindhouse Courthouse. And with that... The court is adjourned. Come back next time for a new trial with new litigants in the never-ending parade of schlock that is Grindhouse Courthouse. Motherfuckers.